Vendors demand more money, money, money. Negotiation mode is on. We brought in the big gun, Lisa Novak, to talk about <laughs> how we get there. Stay tuned. How many times? How many times do we hear? Oh, good morning, Billy. First good, of all, <laughs> good morning. Good morning, out there in Epping. Out who there says? In. Who says boys can't multitask? Exactly. We've got a pre-settlement rolling in the background right now. <laughs> <laughs> good on you. Nice early start. Late finish last night, Billy, and an early start this morning. Um, but uh, what we're talking about this morning, guys, is vendors that are saying it's not enough money. Um, now it's a really it's it's a big topic of conversation, and it's a it, you know it, it's what we hear as an industry a lot, isn't it? It's not enough. I need more, and there's multiple reasons. It's rarely to do with greed, FYI, guys. Um, you know, often vendors have got a lot going on in the background, don't they, Billy? They're either you know they've got a mortgage that they've got to pay out, or they've got to split money you know various ways with siblings or they just need more money to be able to move on to the next stage absolutely well everyone's got a bottom line doesn't matter how you crunch it down everyone's got a bottom line and i think ultimately um it's you know how how we get them there um but you know it would be interesting to hear your take later on in the show there's almost two prices um and i don't want to give that away too early on but you know the, there's the market price and then there's, you know, really what the what the vendor's sort of bottom line is. Yeah, and you know, as as agents, Billy, sometimes, um, and it's not it's not up to us, right? I'm always saying to my vendors, guys, please understand the buyers aren't the judges. Our job is to report and to negotiate the highest amount of money out of the market. Um, but you know, it, it's important to point out that we're, we're we are not a couple of things. We are not. Um, bank valuers, you know, I think yeah. a lot of a lot of vendors can often, and I'm talking generally speaking, guys, you know, a lot of vendors um, will get agents in to price up their property um, and we've got to look at a whole lot of factors. We've got to look at market conditions. We've yeah. got to look at um, other properties that have sold recently in their area. Now, I emphasise recently because the market is a roller coaster. And so using data from maybe seven or eight weeks ago, the market actually peaked a bit. So using data from then may not necessarily be relevant. You've got to use data really, if you can, that you're drawing upon over the last three to four weeks. That's very important. But we are not bank valuers. We don't give you a price and then walk away and say, that's it. All right, because the market judges, the buyers are the judges. And we're also not magicians you know <laughs> despite, agents, despite uh, the good looks <laughs> <laughs> despite the good looks um you know and, and and i think it's important to note that because you know we we want to get you the most amount of money out of the marketplace um but you know there's been many many times where we've over exceeded a vendor's expectations how many times billy you're standing in a property right now at the moment I mean, it's the, it honestly is the best thing, you know, a part, a part of the job. 
um, being able to, you know, over deliver on someone's wishes is, you know, it's magic. Um, but quite often, it, you know, we also have tough conversations. Uh, sometimes it's very early on in the campaign where, you know, we're not quite there. And it's all about, you know, sort of just working together to um, try and close that bridge. But if not, um, you know, put a good strategy in place to, to um, you know, make sure you get giving yourself the best chance of finding that best buyer in the market. I couldn't agree, Billy. And there's so many factors, guys. We want to try and cover some of the scenarios with you this morning. And there literally are so many. Of all the sales that I've ever done, um, I can confidently say that no two sales have ever been the same. You yeah. know, I think there's this mis misconception that, um, you know, vendors, you know, some vendors may feel like there's just a one-size-fits-all for every single campaign. And, um, you know, how, how many times has a great offer come too early and then That's you were chasing those dollars throughout the campaign? Happens a lot. Happen, happened with a, um, a property that I've currently got on the market at the moment. I had taken through one buyer pre-market or off-market. Um, yep. we, we, were, we were not on the real estate portals yet. It was a buyer that saw a property on my social media, took them through a fabulous <laughs> property. We got a great offer. But the vendor was like, oh, you know, but I, I think we can get more. Um, you know, it was the first buyer, the first offer, and we were chasing, we've been chasing those dollars now for about five weeks, unfortunately. I know. And it does happen. And it's that's honestly one of the worst things that we see in the campaign because it's really hard to identify what great value looks like, um, particularly when it's so early because you haven't had the other, you know, feedback to justify that. Uh, particularly for, for our vendors. However, yeah, it does happen. Um, and equally, I had a campaign that took six months to sell where oh. we had, we <laughs> I had remember this one. no offers coming in where the owner was happy with. Um, we didn't want to keep the property empty, so we put a tenant in there for six months who um, understood that we were in the midst of a, a sale and would need access every now and then. And at the end of the six months, the market started to turn a bit and we got there. So... There is a strategy and there's a, you know, there's a way to go about it, for, I think, for every property. And that's a really good point, Billy, because, again, how many times do we hear, you know, a vendor say, well, we're just going to wait. We're just going to wait. And I want to talk about average days on market because it's really important and it's a number that changes. And it's, it's yep. important when we're waiting for that big offer to come through because how long is too long? where the buyers are looking on the real estate portals and they're going, oh, no, 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 I'm not going to look at that property. That's been on the market for ages. Something must be happen. wrong with it. It's now, like, guys. It's like but, when you, you call know, it bread on bread on the shelf. That's exactly what, that's my, <laughs> that's my analogy. Yeah. That is exactly my analogy. So there are, there are many, many a time when a property has been sitting on the market for too long and buyers think that they can throw in low offers because it starts to look like a bit of a fire sale um, yep. or it starts to go stale, like you said, Billy, looks like bread sitting on a shelf. Um, there are the very, very, very odd occasions like that property that you said been sitting on the market for six months and there was an upswing in the market. Um, yes. But that's a very rare situation. So let's just talk. I want to ask you something, Billy. How long is too long? You got you got to buy there behind you doing this present. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how long is too long? Well, I think 
that that number varies a little bit depending on you know the the owner we're we're looking after um and i think it obviously comes down to what what the transaction looks like and where it's going to get them so if you're if you're in the position where you're selling to buy a property well too long as if you miss out on the property um you might need something to come together quite quickly um you might need to you know get onto market and get a really strong offer in uh nice and prompt if you miss the boat then you know that could be a matter of a couple of weeks for you however you've also got owners that are you know maybe a bit more bit more uh opportunistic and and waiting for you know something strong to come in they might give you a little bit more time so uh look average days on market for dy is sitting at 26 days so i think four weeks is what you know is regarded okay. as normal so but i just yeah. want to draw down on that for one sec because i just want to make sure we're not talking real estate jargon that no one understands yeah average days on market is exactly what you would expect it's the average days it takes to sell a property in a particular suburb. And it changes go. from suburb to suburb quite dramatically. So DY is how many days on market? What's the average days, Billy? About 26 days, 26, 26. days to sell your property. Okay. So that's the average days it takes to sell a property in DY. Now, freshwater is an example. The average days on market where we're seeing the vast majority of houses in this particular area is sitting yep. at 43. There you go, much longer. 43, much, much longer. So I've got a property on the market at the moment and the vendors are, you know, after 14 days, they're like, oh, you know, it's just, it's not happening fast enough. Um, yep. Although we have literally moved mountains in 14 days, but, um, and actually we have a we have a really good offer on it at the moment but in saying that when we draw down and look at the data because the numbers don't lie 43 days you know we're not even halfway through what the average days is that it takes to sell that property yeah if, if we look and at data now it's not to say that you should be sitting on the market for that long guys because every campaign is different every single campaign is there's been many a time where i've sold a property in four hours and there's been many a time where it can take weeks and weeks until you get that right offer yeah yeah it does happen it, it, it you know it does change but i think uh if you're hitting the numbers that allows you to transact and get to that next step then you know that's what you that's what you kind of started the process for in the first place so you know it's, it's just sort of taking a step back and i think uh realizing where's where's the offer going to get you now i want to talk about strategy and i want to talk about vendors that say um it's not enough money to make it work for them so let's yep. talk about that and let's talk about what the options are for vendors so ordinarily um most agents will either do private treaty which is for sale by negotiation where you see you know sometimes guys you'll see for sale for 2.5 million, or you'll see for sale with a guide price. We call yes. that private treaty, and that's by negotiation. The other option, and these are just, there's, there's, there, are, there are a few options, but I'm just gonna use the most common ones. The other option is auction, and everyone knows what that is, right? It's a campaign that goes for about three to four weeks ordinarily, um, and we take all the buyers, we collect them along the way, and we throw them all into an auction scenario. And a lot of people will say 
that is a wonderful way to get the highest price out of the marketplace. What Do you agree or do you not agree, Billy? I think it's a really good way to understand true market value. There are, um, yeah, there's no doubts about it that, you know, you can, you know, collate the feedback and put it into one, you know, one room. And it's nice for the buyers as well because it's all out in a public forum. So some buyers really like it because there's no uh, hidden stories behind the scenes. Some Some buyers have obviously had bad experiences in the past where, you know, they're being told there's another offer maker and they're not sure if they're bidding against themselves. An auction scenario is really nice for that because it's out in the public. Uh, but there's other buyers there that, you know, don't have finance available. And so they can't, you know, can't actually attend an auction and they may be your highest, you know, they may be your highest, um, you know, bidder on on the day if they could be there. So, I agree. Again, but I also want to point out that over the last um, couple of weeks, we have taken a few properties to auction or more than a few, some sold at auction, but um, a few that I just want to draw down on and yeah. they were passed in. And then we yep. negotiated post-auction and guess what happened? We got more, more money post-auction than what we did on the auction floor. So the negotiations after the auction um, came in higher than what actually happened on the auction floor when those properties were passed in. So, yeah. um, when, and again, I, I just want to go back to the question of vendors saying it's not enough money and what the negotiations can look like. So, um, to, to assure a vendor that an agent, a chosen agent, is getting the most amount of money for that property. There yeah. are so many different scenarios. So, and we may very well start off um, as a private treaty campaign and before we know it, we are doing what's called a best and fairest because we've yep. had multiple buyers that have indicated interest and put offers forward. We weren't going to auction and it can be for a variety of reasons. Sometimes vendors just don't want to take their property to auction. Sometimes yep. it's just not an auction market. And so we have thrown out those multiple offers into what's called a best and fairest. We used to be able to call it a silent auction. And that's how we're extracting the most amount of money out of the marketplace. And that's, and another, even, I think that's another another sort of fair way, you know, to, to close out um, that, that sort of procedure because buyers get really uh, upset, you know, when, when you're having to keep on going back and saying, look, that one, the other, the other buyers just come up a thousand. Will you go back in at 500? You basically are doing silent auction. People really don't like that. So this is a best and final where, you have best and final offers to give to the vendor to make a decision on. Correct. And look, it's a, you know, it's a closed envelope. Those offers are not shopped around. Yeah, um, it is a closed thing. envelope. We then present those final offers to a vendor and they make a decision. And sometimes it's based on the highest price. Sometimes it's the highest price and the conditions. So settlement periods and, you know, uh, um, cooling off periods or an unconditional. And sometimes it's just a good old-fashioned backstory. And I had this happen so last true. week on a property in DY where a lovely yeah. young family had written a letter about their circumstances and my vendor chose to go with the young family for much less money than what was on the table. Um, but, Billy, we still... <laughs> Thanks, Tate. I, I, I got called in at the last minute. It was like, quick, you need to do morning minutes. I'm like, awesome, I'm still in my gym gear. So this is not a paid ad for PE Nation, by the way, guys. 
Um, <laughs> but vendors that turn around and say, so, okay, let's use this as a scenario. We've had multiple offers. We've run a best and fairest. Um, we've presented the offers to the vendor and it's still not enough money. Yep. What do we do? Your two options. And this is what it comes down to at the end of the day. doesn't matter what strategy you've run. You might have been on market for 10 days or 100 days. If you get to this point, your two options are take the highest offer and hopefully that gets you as close to or gets you on to your next uh, journey or just hold on to the property, maybe rent it out, maybe um, you know just live there a little bit longer. But those are your two options. That's what it boils down to. Okay. Guys, do you hear that? They're your two options. When an agent has tried every strategy that they have recommended to get the highest price out of the marketplace for you, you've got those two options. Hold That's the property or take the offer. It's on the table. Take the highest offer. Waiting for longer time may be worse for you. We, we don't have crystal balls. But waiting yeah. may be worse. And if you can make that highest offer work, most of the time we see vendors taking that highest offer. Most of the time we do. And um, but, you we're know, not but, here to, you know, we're not, sorry, Billy, not go here, on. Not here to coerce anyone into, you know, no. taking that offer if they don't want to either. You know, you've, you've appointed an agent uh, not to, not to uh, you know, pull a, pull a big stunt and, and hopefully... Uh, you know, obviously we'd love to overexceed, but if we're not quite there, then, um, you know, don't get me wrong. It's your property at the end of the day and you hold on to it. Absolutely. Our job is not to coerce you into selling your property. Um, but I want to point out a couple of things, Billy. We are real estate agents. We are not bank valuers. And I'm always clear when I'm doing a, a, an appraisal for a client that this is our opinion of value. We must give an opinion of value based on market knowledge, market conditions, and recent sales that have taken place, recent sales that have taken place in the area. We are not bank valuers. We don't give you a price and just go, that's the price, take it or leave it. We say this is our opinion of value, but the market dictates the price because the buyers are the judges. We are here to step you through the process and to make sure that we are getting the highest possible price out of the marketplace for you. We're real estate agents, not bank valuers. We are also not magicians. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes we've got vendors and we can be hundreds of thousands apart. We can be millions apart. We could have come in with an opinion of value on a property only to find this is a roller coaster of them of a market at the moment, only to find that when we appraised your property four or five weeks ago, the market changed, which is what's taken place in our marketplace at the moment. So yeah. if I appraised a property maybe four or five weeks ago, the market has leveled out again. The market was reminiscent of a hot market about four or five weeks ago. Now it's leveled out again. We saw an increase of 20% of stock in our marketplace. And yep. a lot more stock came onto the market. And we have fresh new data that may indicate otherwise. And so it's important that you continue to update your vendors on where that market value sits when we're, when we're in a very turbulent market. Yeah. Um, but, guys, please understand, you know, there's been many a time 
where we have well overshot the mark um, because we had an enormous amount of competition um, because the market changed again and we had a big upswing in the market um, because of very clever negotiation strategies. It's, how many times, Billy, has it happened to you? Well, that's it. And that, as you know, we, we said it before in the show, there is a negotiation strategy for every property. Every campaign is so unique. So um, it's certainly not put a price on it and just watch it go. Um, you know, anyone that's telling you that has clearly not 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 done enough transactions. But um, right. I hope this helps someone this morning. And um, yeah, if there's anything else we can do, reach out. Um, and also, I just want to finish off by saying, you know, as agents, we may start with a particular strategy. How many times, guys, have you seen that a property was going to auction and it sold prior? That's, How yeah, many times did that happen? And that's either because there was only one buyer, maybe, maybe, or a great offer came in that just swooped everyone off their feet and took the property off the market and stopped the auction in its tracks. But, you know, as agents, again, we will guide you through that process um, you know, sometimes we can start off private treaty and then take a property to auction because we have a lot of interest. Sometimes we can bring an auction date forward because we have a lot of interest. Sometimes yeah. we can start private treaty um, and, and be calling a best and fairest in a matter of days. Um, you know, sometimes we've got an auction, we're heading to auction, and then we flipped it to private treaty because there wasn't enough interest. A great agent will always guide you through, um, but... You know, I just want to finish off by saying, Billy, their vendors two options. If it's not enough money and the market did not um, see what, you know, what you saw, um, you know, or we weren't able to get that highest price in the marketplace as real estate agents, your two options are take the highest offer that's on the table if you can make it work or hold on to your property and bring it back to market when the market starts to heat up a bit. That's it. Don't be afraid to change your uh, strategy as well on the agent's recommendations. Perfectly Absolutely. normal. And, um, yeah, that's it. Great show. A great agent will step you through all of that as well. You know, it must be a fluid campaign. Um, a great agent will step you through that. There's, you know, there's many agents that have just got the one-size-fits-all approach. It's just a four-week auction strategy, um, and that's great, but it doesn't work in every single marketplace. You know, when yeah. you don't, when you've got an oversupply of stock and not a lot of buyers, um, you know, it's not necessarily the best strategy. But always follow the lead of your real estate agent. That's what you've employed us for. <laughs> Have a good day, guys. Thanks, Liz. See ya. Bye, See ya. guys. Bye.